Look up there in the sky. It's a bird. A plane. It's Handsome Boys Comics Hour. Those boys are so handsome. One Gorilla Monsoon. One Bobby the Brain Heenan. One weekly discussion of comics and nerd culture. I'm your host, Robbie Dorman, literature geek and writer. And I'm your other host, Eric Goodnight, professional artist and illustration nerd. And we are the Handsome Boys Comics Hour, your home for news, reviews, slightly antagonistic banter, and much, much more. Will you stop? No. Should I? That was a Gorilla Monsoon quote. Okay. That's what he told Bobby the Brain Heenan. Okay. Rest yeah, in always peace. cheat. Rest in power. Both men. Rest in power. Butt men? What'd you say? I said both men. Oh. Rest in power. I mean, butt men should rest in power, too. I mean, yeah, I can't tell people what to do. <laughs> Eric, how are you? I'm alive. That's Yeah, that's a it's a update. Eric didn't die. A, relevant, the hur- uh, a did, relevant update, the, yes. The hurricane did not kill Eric. The hurricane did not kill Eric. It did hur- damage the power to his uh, apartment and the internet as well. But both of those things are have returned. Thankfully so. And now you're living like a civilized man. I mean, relatively speaking, okay. yes. Okay. You, I, my I, house is still uh, my house is still ransacked because I took a bunch of my stuff and moved it to storage units and evacuated and still not quite back to normalcy, but much more so than a lot of people were. Yes. I mean, there's just not Puerto Rico anymore. Yeah. Or Saint Martin. Yeah. Uh, Barbuda. Bar- I don't know how to say that properly. Per- Probably, but it's Proper, also properly. Properly, that's how that word said. Yeah, but properly, probably. I probably. Don't, that's also kind of that's probable. Mostly vanished. Mm-hmm. Yes, blown away. Like I think they said that that Puerto Rico literally one hundred percent without power. Yep, six months, but probably before it returns. Mm-hmm. For yeah, that's that's really in, rough infrastructure again. Yeah, that's yeah, awful. And, and that's a that's a United States territory. That's. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's not a thing that should happen, but I mean, I, I imagine it's it's an island. It's going to be tough to get the infrastructure to it. But you're fine. So we can talk about the important I, things. Yeah. Comic books. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You want, you, you want to do that? We can talk about Rainbow Roads. Two strikes. No, that's, no, we're not going to talk about Rainbow Roads. Oh, that's true. Oh, right. Uh, I thought you were doing... Okay, got I it. Was. I was. Okay. That's a that's a Clever. that's a double troll. I got it. I like it. That was good. Uh, we can move on to our first segment. It is time for Weekly Floppies. Weekly Floppies is the part of the show. Eric and I will uh, read a selection of this week's books. Tell you to buy or do not buy them. This has a couple of the past few weeks in here. Uh, mostly indie books. Since I was like, mm, I don't really feel like it's a lot of a lot. We missed multiple uh, generations books, and I was like, we could either read all of them or just not read any. So. They were not really knocking it out of the park with every single one, so it's probably fine. That was essentially that. That's that's what we came to every time is that none of them were that essential. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, we start with our first book. It is Runaways, number one, written by Rainbow Rowell, art Chris Anka, colors Matthew Wilson, letters Joe Carmagna from the indie publishing house Marvel. That's interesting. I, well, I chose this book uh, because of you, Mister Goodnight. Mm-hmm. Of you, Mr. You are Mr. Runaways fan. 
I, I, I am, and I have always wanted to read uh, Rainbow Rowell. Um, I guess it's the teen girl in me. So what do you, as the official ambassador of Runaways... Don't, don't, uh, you don't make me go to jail, okay? What do you think about this, uh, this, uh, this reboot? It is, it's okay. Um, I think uh, Chris is a very gifted artist, and I, I don't think... I, this is not a great scenario for a comic book, you know, and that the scene is not very fantastic. The costumes are not very interesting. Um, it's a nice opening scene for a film or something. Uh, and it sets up, it sets up an interesting arc. Um, that would be kind of my only criticism of it is I think, uh, oh, what the hell is Chris? Chris uh, Chris Anka. Mm-hmm. See, so he just he just sounds like a kind of coffee. I, I've never actually said his name out loud. I just have followed him on Twitter for a billion years. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's a very talented artist. Mm-hmm. He is. Um, so it's it, I feel like it's a really boring setting, and it's not we're we're not taking advantage of the things that make comics comics. So it'll be interesting to see. Where she goes is this her is this her first comic? I have no idea. She is not. This is not her first comic, but okay. She is. I, I maybe the, this might be the first one that gets published. She's doing one uh, with Faith Aaron Hicks. That's awesome as well. So I am a I am I am a big fan of that lady. Yes, me too. So this is I think this probably is the first one to come out that it's. I think that one was announced prior to this. Okay. Um. I mean, as we know, Faith Aaron Hicks is still drawing um, roof tiles. I think she, I, I don't know where she's, I think she's finished pencils. I don't think, she, I don't I know if she's finished inks yet. Oh, good for her. But, um, okay, so I think I yeah, agree. Yeah, back to the, uh, back, the, back the, to this the comic book, this. this comic book. I agree with you. I think with the, it is like the whole, this whole issue is in someone's, it is in Nico's living room. Yeah. So not necessarily. Yeah, it's not like, it's the most exciting thing. How do you feel about her handle on the characters? Um, of, at least the three we see. The, the, they seem okay. Okay. Um, we're kind of just not given a whole lot. This is this is like the opening two minutes of a movie. Like it, it, there's a lot of fluff in this that I wish wasn't there. So we don't really get a lot of character moments from any of them. So nothing really feels wrong. Um it just feels kind of anemic, I guess. Too too uh too decompressed for you? Yeah, I guess so. Um it feels I think I don't know. It, I am more excited about the concept of this book with this team than I am about what's on these pages. I think this has a tremendous amount of promise and could be great. Uh, so far, it is, it's all set up and no spike. You know, there's, there's, it, I don't know. It could be incredible. It could also be average. It's really hard to tell from what's on here. Okay. I, I think Chris Anka's art is very, is, is he's very good. He doesn't get, mm-hmm. I think he's going to probably get more opportunities to stretch. And show you know more than just a living room. Yeah, no, I, I sincerely hope so. But, like, I think that 
the costumes on the cover and it's it looks a lot nicer like that it's just the, the worst possible scene i think yeah i i i don't know i think it i i'm intrigued and i think it has it has done that enough enough you know that's enough for me generally in women issue number 1 you know that i'm intrigued i want to see more i want to see where this thing goes i think yeah i don't you know we don't get a bunch of them in this but it, it does set up a really intriguing plot with these characters and maybe we'll fix some of my my i don't know make some of the things like that uh in the the latter part of the runaway series the original one that i didn't enjoy as much this is like cutting that out almost it feels like uh doing a the the time travel trick Mm -hmm. of just like oh well what do we do with the series because they kind of left a lot of characters in weird places not much we could oh well just cut back in time to when things were still weird Mm -hmm. there's a lot of potential uh i'm i i'm on board for now you know i think i I think i will put on the for now thing you know like i don't for for yeah for now works for me i don't think it's gonna go i don't think it's gonna go really far south i think it will be average to very good no i i i i I sincerely hope it doesn't end up on the average side towards the end i think this team alone is probably enough to keep it yes good and it's you know a, a lot of i mean we're gonna our next book i think we're gonna talk probably talk about as well i think all this number ones have a lot of they're very hard to do great like to make a great number one issue it's mm-hmm. it's a very hard thing to do it is uh, very tricky and i you know it makes me appreciate the, the those great number one issues even more when you know i read it as a book where you know this issue is fine it's not bad it's just you know i you want you want your socks knocked off mm-hmm. and you know it's just kind of like oh this is this is interesting and i'll we'll check out issue two but i'm a buy share up. Uh, I, I am a buy as well do you think that he i don't i don't like his design for chase i like it it's weird to me. It I, like kind of doesn't work. I I I think there's going to be some context to it because we don't know which like the time travel thing. I don't who, mm-hmm. who knows what has happened to him or what yeah. kind of time travel. Like how long has he been jumping in time and you know when which chase is this? You know where where not like when did he come from? So it's conceivable like you can pull that trick and say like oh well yeah he looks and he dresses or like i feel like i th- that's what i read into it is that he has gone through some stuff in yeah. his pursuit of this and it has changed him a little bit i think chase has been through yeah yeah that's chase true. has been through a lot of stuff chase got pretty dark that's true he did yeah chase chase had some shit happen i was i i kind of read his design in this as like official time travel adventurer chase mm-hmm. like he is he's put on that uniform yeah he put on that speed suit mm-hmm. i guess i don't know he's he, he's definitely wearing a, a janitor suit yeah it's utility mm-hmm. you know you got to fit in whatever time you appear in yep and there's always janitors there's always janitors just have a clipboard and a hard hat and a janitor suit mm-hmm. and you can go anywhere mm-hmm. that's double by runaways number one next up is redlands number two written colors jordy belair vanessa del rey art clayton cow's letters and production so here's all that character you're looking for in that first issue yeah there's a lot more of it in this one a lot more a lot more there's a lot more in it 
in this issue than it was in it, issue it, number one. Uh, let me let me jump back to the beginning because mm-hmm. there is yeah there it goes. It really like I missed I for some reason I brushed over the 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 Redlands Florida now mm-hmm. and I'm like why is she on a cell phone? It's the fucking seventies. You know, and which, I was well, like, okay, there's a time jump. Mm-hmm. Well, which is because had, they're obviously talking about it. Which has had cell phones, you know, prior to which is yeah, which has had even in the Middle Ages. <laughs> mm-hmm. They had they had special towers. Yeah, I I I, I think I'm I I think I I was intrigued by that first issue, but it didn't like it was all mood and set piece and setup, and mm-hmm. in this I'm like. Oh right! Here's all the plot and all the like. I'm 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 very interested to see like this weird town in Florida run by witches and yeah. this weirdo guy who's like some weird antagonism. For, we don't really know why, but I there's a lot of mystery in this, and it's I, I think if you read this in trade, it would it would you would not even notice. Yeah, it would be blown right over. You'd be like, oh okay, set up. It's they got they took over this town. And now it's the present, and weird stuff's happening. It's almost like uh, it's almost like the floppy is not a good format for comic books anymore. No, strange how you know how you know a, a medium changes over mm-hmm. eighty years, and yet the way that it's delivered is hasn't changed whatsoever. Mm-hmm. And like maybe it's time to adapt to that, and not just act like. I I I don't think I mean I think Image and all these people involved are fully aware of probably where their sales are going to be where they are like eh, it's if we get people in trade I don't think they care where they sell their copies you know if they sell them in in single issues fine if they buy people and buy in trade that's good too I think it is mainly an issue with Marvel and DC <laughs> primarily um but I any any problems I had with that first issue are are gone. I, I I like this a lot. I mm-hmm. this is this is kind of what I wanted out of like, hey, witches run a weird town in Florida. And I think that's kind of even what I said is why not start here? Yeah. Well, <laughs> I think I I like looking thinking about like how a, the story arc would run, and if I was like thinking like trying to vision reading this in trade, it'd be like, okay, you get a moody start with like these dangerous witches. You know, running roughshod over these corrupt cops, and then suddenly you cut the 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 present, and they're in charge, and things are going bad. I mean, I understand that. Like, it establishes them as a powerful and uh, as a as a threat, and then you immediately get them kind of at a more base level of normalcy before you get their weird little mm-hmm. their, their weird, weird little sacrifice, uh, lesbian sex yeah, ritual, whatever they're doing at the end. Uh, with can I, okay. This is, it's not shown in, in this book. And I, they don't, they don't kill that girl, do they? What girl? The cheerleader? Or the, I think she's a cheerleader. The girl who was waiting at the thing? Yeah. I definitely didn't read that. Okay. I was, I just, like. She's the, she was the escort to take her home. There was a police escort. She was the police escort. Because there was curfew or whatever. It's just, they show them cutting into the dark. And then they immediately cut to that ritual, and there's a girl in the middle there, so I assume that's the girl. Oh, shit, I see that now. And I was just like, if they're killing, is that the girl, They do they kill that girl, or what happens to her? 
that you might be right about that. It says that it's clean and sacred. Jesus Christ. That's what I'm like. I, I'm like, when that immediately, when they turn into the dark, I'm like, they're going to kill that girl. They save her from the principal and then immediately sacrifice her. Yeah, that's literally what is happening. That's fucked. I, I didn't even, that's a really, they don't really call a lot of attention to that. Well, I mean, it's just like one little panel as she's there, and then they don't, yeah. sh- they don't show them stabbing her. They don't show her body. They just show her, I mean, they show her body, but she's not, they don't show her bleeding. But I assume they killed her. <laughs> mm-hmm. Which, you know, they're not necessarily great people, which is. Yeah. But that's, again, why I think that's, I, that reading makes me like it more, honestly. There's nuance. Mm. There's nuance it, in it, that there. It, it makes things complicated. Yes. But I'm a, I'm a buy. I like this. I like this more than one. I, think... I definitely like it more than one. I, I have, uh, I have, uh, maybe a, a, a point that I'd like to bring up. Okay. What this is that? feels almost entirely like it was written to be a movie or a television show. And I feel like the last one also kind of had that feeling. Do you think that that is just, I mean, and maybe that's just what people are, have always been trying to do is they're, they're looking for that big payday of like selling a show or selling a movie or something, mm-hmm. you know, because I mean, certainly there's not a world of money in comics. No. You know, so obviously like the long tail of a lot of this stuff would mean make a comic that becomes popular enough to be a movie and then you can both sell the comics and option the, the, the movie at, or the, the movie or TV show. Yeah. But this, this feels very much like it's written to be a TV show pilot. It feels way more like that than a comic book. I think that it's easier to think like that now. Like, if you were reading a comic in the 80s, like, did you, like, if you read Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the original, you don't go, oh, they're writing this to be a TV show. They're writing this to be, it for it to become a multimedia empire. To, well, to hundreds of cartoons. The, well, they did adapt the East, uh, parts of the Eastman and Laird comic directly into the first movie. Yes. But, and I, I, it is like... The movie is... I do kind of look at it. Yeah, I do kind of see it through that lens. But like, if you read like a Chris Claremont comic... No, there's no way. Yeah, I mean, you're... It, 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 it is a very comic booky comic book. Yeah. I, it I, fits that, that medium and what that is. I this, think uh, the way we... Go ahead. The way what? The way we, the way they write, way comic books are written in 2017. You know, there's a myriad of ways, but it is certainly the way some people way. It is certainly in general, comic books are way more decompressed than they used to be. There is way more less less a lot less happens in each issue of a comic book than happened when in in the 80s, late 70s, uh, and especially earlier than that. You know, in, you know, one issue of Superman in 19, in the 40s was like 30 issues of Superman today. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I think the average reader expects, you know, expects more cine- cinematic, expects a, 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 a more visual delivery, less, you know, you know, a lot of, of like Uncle Scrooge, Don Rosa adventure comics where like incredibly dense storytelling. I think most reader, readers don't necessarily expect that. Maybe I don't know if they want it even. Uh, I don't. I think I would presume that any independent 
comic creator would be happy to have their property optioned and be successful. I'm, I'm just saying it's almost like it's the primary goal. I don't think it's the primary goal because I mean I am not going to question Jordy Belair's like commitment to comics, but this feels very much like hey, I want to make a show for HBO, so we're going to put blood well, and tits in it. What is Southern Bastards? Do you think that is the same thing? No. I mean, it didn't read as that, but I mean, obviously they were I mean, like I said, there's not a lot of money in comics. So like I definitely am pro like my creators you know going off and being able to sell a show i think also i think part of it on it like redefining what comics is necessarily not an ip farm you mean huh not to become an ip farm no no not so much because that is what the whole marvel universe is Mm -hmm. um dc too it's not about being an ip farm as much as it is like this is doing a lot of things and it's it, it it is the decompressed storytelling but it is it's doing things it's barely touching on the stuff that comics can do that other mediums can't because it feels like it's speaking directly to to like oh hey can you imagine this as a tv show you could take this and use this as a storyboard for a tv show pilot or a movie and it would work perfect I th- and I, that feels very much by design to me. Well, I think, well, Jordi Blair is a writer, but she is a colorist and artist. First and foremost, I think that's probably the way she writes, you know, quote unquote, is probably thinks of storyboards and thinks like my right. My my criticism is not of this specifically, but of a larger trend that I, I see that there's it is an unfortunate thing that I don't think it's a it, like it's not viable for people to make a good living and retire doing comics. That like I don't think Jordi Belair colors seventy five books a month because it's fun, but because it probably doesn't pay a whole lot. And doing that many books, she is able to get a pretty fair amount. You know, mm-hmm. able to make a pretty good living. I didn't. I did not think about this being a TV show when I was reading it. It's screaming it to me. I was. Well, I mean, there's a lot of. And for what it's worth, I think it would make a good one. Well, I mean, I think, I, I think it's just that's what comics are now. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that's how people write comics now. I don't think. Like, I don't think you're not have. You're not getting. You know, people. You know, people aren't writing comics like Alan Moore wrote comics for the most part. Mm-hmm. People aren't. I will talk about I I want to I think Nameless actually enters into the discussion. So when we talk about Nameless later on, I think there's about unique things you can do in comic books versus things you can't. I think like a lot of people don't necessarily when they're writing a, a specific comic, do they go I need to make do something in this that only a comic book could do for better for worse. I don't you know I don't necessarily say bad comics are the ones that. You know, they don't stretch the genre or the medium mm-hmm. or something, but I think... Right, I don't think it's necessary, but it feels very much like it's speaking too much in the language of film. That's all I'm saying. It's a nuanced point. We've 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 spent half an hour talking about two books. <laughs> well, this is what happens when we don't record for a while. That's we all true. We have, we get, we have to, we get constipated and we have to let it mm-hmm. all flow. 
That's disgusting. I was also going to say something disgusting. Let's please move on to book three. <laughs> okay. Uh, that's a double buy, Redlands number two. Next up is Dark Arc number one. Created and written by Colin Bunn. Art Wando. Letters Ryan Hill. John J. Hill logo designer. Colin Bunn's a fucking weirdo. He, he, he is writing a lot of horror comics lately. He really likes his horror comics for super. He's, I mean, he's definitely good at them. Yeah, he is. This is a weird fucking horror comic. I never, like, I don't know. I never thought of him as the horror comic guy, but he is becoming the horror comic guy. He, I mean, even back when we first started reading Cullen Bunn, he was a very, he was very, I don't know, very horror heavy. It's just like four or five books in a row, it seems, like, have come out recently that are all horror comics of his. And I, you know, I don't mind it. I think he does, he writes horror very well. Mm. It's just, I always, is, I thought him true. as, I thought him as very universal. I thought him as, he, he seemed to write everything. He seemed to be able to, he wrote superheroes, he wrote horror, he wrote, you know, varying shades of things in, in all kinds of genres, westerns, you know, six, mm-hmm. six gun, but this is like, maybe he's just noticing, I mean, maybe go where the money's at, maybe horror comics are selling. Uh, Dark Arc. Hey, there's two arcs actually. And one has unicorns mm-hmm. on it and manticores. And orcs. Yeah, other creatures that nagas. Are, yeah, nagas. There's nagas in vampires. there. Vampires. There are vampires. There's a. Uh, I see tentacles. I don't know who the tentacles belong to, but looks like a werewolf, dragon. There's a fin fang foom in there. Why would there not be a fin fang foom? <laughs> uh, what do you so, think? I mean, if there's if there's purple shorts, there's going to be a fin fang <laughs> foom. That's very true. What do you, you like it? It is a weird and interesting book. It's a really stupid concept, but like. It's a Cullen Bunn horror comic. I I like it. And he manages to inject a lot of character in this in a short amount of time. Introduce a lot of character. I, I, I like what he's doing here. It's very pretty. It is. It's really neat looking. And it's got the arc built by Satan. It's pretty amazing. <laughs> yeah. It, it is a very... Like at surface level. Oh, uh, you remember Noah's Ark? Well, there was another one. It had all mm-hmm. the monsters in it. <laughs> An ark built by Satan full of monsters. <laughs> and you, like at surface level, you're like, oh man, that's incredibly dumb. And then, <laughs> and then you read it and you're like, wait, this is like, this is, hey, there's like faction leaders inside this monster boat. Yeah, and the, the awesome. and there's like a sad dad who's in charge and mm-hmm. they got like human, human, People that are going to be fed to to the monsters eventually, and they get fish heads like Bart's brother in Treehouse of Horror. Here we go. I'm, yeah, I'm a I'm a buy, despite myself. Like, yeah, it is dumb and surface level, but it mm. it every it like it is. This is dense. It does have a lot of stuff happening. It does introduce yeah. a lot of characters, introduce a lot of motivation, and I have no idea where it's gonna what's gonna happen in this thing. And I think that's half the the fun is this is. A third, like the the concept itself is so crazy that well, what happens? Does are they going to be in the flood forever? It's forty mm. days and forty nights, right? Isn't that ever? That's my Bible, my Bible learnings. I want uh, the Cullen Bunn's Bible. Well, there's orcs Just in like it. I have Arkham's Bible. There's orcs in it and a naga. Mm-hmm. And a devil. I missed that they were going to feed those people to the monsters. It's pretty fucked. Mm-hmm. There's a devil boat. Mm-hmm. I think that dude built the boat. I don't think the de- I don't think the devil himself no, built it. But still, it's, he he inspired the work. You know, you, we don't need to split hairs on <laughs> devil boats. Look about about Satan's ark. 
I'm a buy. Full of monsters. I'm a buy on it. It's a beautiful. It's beautiful and it's dumb, but it's great. It's neat. Yeah, it's a neat. It's a neat. It's a neat book. It's a dark arc. It's a dark arc. <laughs> the title itself. Dark arc. Dark arc. The dark. Dark arc. Uh, double buy. Dark arc number one. Our, our next book is Lazaretto. Written by Clay McLeod Chapman, illustrated by Jay Levong, lettered by Aditya Bidikar, covers Ignacio Velasente, designer Michelle Ankley. How do you feel about a good old Plague book? It's a weird comic. Plague mini Plague miniseries. Mm-hmm. I I like this. Um, like I kind of like I don't like this kind of subject matter, uh, at least in terms of like. Yeah, plagues, and I don't know if this is going to go the zombie route or like whatever this is going to be about. Um, but I think it's interesting that the 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 characters are like they're very simple and like you know like they 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 manage to pack appeal into the characters, mm-hmm. but also make the art look grubby and grimy and really get the idea of sickness across. There's I think a lot of good in this book and it's a lot of interesting decisions that I think work surprisingly well together. Yeah, I I kind of wish the whole narrative about disease wasn't even in it. I, that's I I don't think they're going the zombie route. I I think I really hope not uh, because I'm so fucking over it. I think it's I uh, my suspicion is just people, you know, infighting in a quarantine because there's people with with uh diseases and stuff although i don't know if, mm-hmm. i don't know who else is inside you know who's going to be inside that thing with them but it, you know it's five issues i think that knowing right off the bat it's going to be just five issues not ongoing it is going to make you know it's going to have a concise story it has an end already i'm like i like yeah i like the the two main characters i think they give you just enough to know them you know you, you have their basic character shapes and they're both likable and I, you know, I remember my first day at college, and it was overwhelming. Mine definitely felt a lot like this. Yeah, you're just like, what's happening? I'm alone. Mm-hmm. What do I do? I guess I'll watch TV with my roommate. I don't know who the I don't know who it is, but we like Futurama. All right, good. Uh, I know. I, 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 yeah. The the way that the they show the bugs, the the, the sickness, is mm-hmm. really really effective. You read some. This is and it's really gross, but only the second grossest book we we read this week. Uh, I I'm I'm really curious about where this goes. I have no idea. Like I that's my suspicion is like from just knowing, you know, reading other and and digesting other fiction. That is, hey, everyone's quarantined and bad things are happening. Probably gonna eat each other because that's where it usually goes. But who knows what's gonna happen? I don't know. I I I think. It does a good job of playing out that mystery about how these two characters are going to survive this. Uh, but I'm I'm a buy. I, I think it it mm. it's a, I don't think it's trying to do too much. I think it's a very simple like here's these two kids yeah at, at college and now catastrophe's happening. It goes after the right things. It's um it's fun. It's cute. You know, good for them. It's cute when they're like stabbing people on in issue three to so they can survive. I don't know how cute that is. Mm. So I'm saying I kind of don't want the sickness. You just want them to be I, cute college I mean, kids. I I I really like stories about young people a lot. We've we've discussed this many times that mm-hmm. I just I don't know. I just I I find, wouldn't f- mind. Find, well, 
I mean, there is giant days. It's still a... That's what I was going to say, that, like, this minus sickness is essentially giant days. And I kind of like that book. No, giant days is good. <laughs> it's very giant good. Giant days is... I, I like it a lot. Yeah. Uh, But I'm a... Buy? Buy? Just buy this. It's good. So... Double by Lazarado number one. Our last book is Scales and Scoundrels, number one, written by Sebastian Gurner, art by Galad, letters and design by Jeff Powell. Some 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 fantasy comic. Mm-hmm. Some yeah. fantasy comic. Yeah, some. There's some fantasy in here. I don't... This... I, I don't know. I feel like this is a little bit messy. Like, the layout, the way this is structured. Mm-hmm. I think that's my my main complaint with it. It feels like we didn't need like the first half of this issue feels unnecessary. Mm. I think the first half of this issue is like a big save the cat moment with this character, you know, even down to the literal like let me give my last cent to a, a child and that I'm gonna steal food. I mean, maybe the montage in the middle, but like it's it endears us to the character, and then the last part sets up the stakes of the book, right. I don't, I don't, uh, I don't agree with what you're saying, that it feels, it feels pretty structured and tidy to me. It, uh, and in, I don't know, 27 pages, it's like, uh, 20, 25 pages. So just a little bit over a standard first issue. I feel like it introduces a lot of characters and sets a lot of stuff up. So, I mean, it, it feels, um, it feels pretty, pretty by the numbers to me, you okay. know? Okay. Well, you... good, good, good shape to the story, honestly. Okay. I, I get where it's going. Okay, but do you, do you like the main character? Uh, she's supposed to be a little bit unlikable, you know? I, th- I th- she's, she's a little bit of a fucker, you know? Yeah. But I... she's supposed to be like rough and tumble. Like, I, 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 I kind of feel like, um, I don't know. It's, she's, it's, she's, uh, she's roguish. Yeah. I think that's my source is that you're right. That is like, hey, get to know her. Here's the save the cat moment. I just it didn't. It wasn't effective for me. Like she's mm-hmm. not bad, but it feels kind of just like I, I I am more interested in the mystery of this weird lady with the fire powers than I mm-hmm. am in wanting to root for her. I guess at this point, and I don't. I don't find her that likable or interesting and I don't that the first part doesn't do anything for me other than show me well she's very capable but I mean I don't know I, I maybe I mean I don't I, maybe I'm just tired of fantasy in general right now fantasy comics don't I I I don't I I don't know me personally I uh I can't think of that that many that we've read this makes me think of Nimona I think it almost feels kind of like ripped off from it a little bit. Um, I don't know. The main character that's kind of an asshole. Because <laughs> that's Nimona. <laughs> that's, yeah, kind of. I don't know. It's it. I think the art is really cute. Uh, mm-hmm. And I don't think it's bad. I just left it kind of going like, eh, all right. I don't know. Maybe I'm still on an extreme, extremity hangover. Um... So I think that Extremity is a very different book than this. Oh, it is. I'm just, you know, female, dangerous main protagonist, and in a extraordinary world. Mm-hmm. I don't know. No, I mean, I I, I see the similarities, um, and I think that Extremity's better, but that's like unfair, almost an unfair comparison. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I mean, I would call this book above average, and it's kind of looking for it's kind of looking for its niche still because I, I think apart from that thing about the main character being kind of a jerk, it is pretty um, doesn't have a viewpoint perspective yeah, or anything. It's it's lacking something. Whether it's a view, there's there's not a lot of uniqueness to this. Like I said, it it essentially feels like a knockoff of Nimona. Are you, you could, a buy? Uh, I think so. I don't even know if I could mush it up or not. I mean, I guess, I guess to be fair, when I really lay it all out, I lay out, lay down the case for it. I think I probably, I can come down on about two out of five on the mush meter. I'm gonna go three. Okay. I'm gonna go three on the mush meter. Okay. So we get a mush, a double buy. Scales of Scoundrels number one, mush meter two point five. Because I have to be difficult. Mm-hmm. Make it an, uh, an uneven number. Are you really, you're really thinking for yourself. Mm-hmm. I'm no sheeple. Mm-hmm. Wake up. Wake up. Think for yourself. Jet fuel can't melt steel comic books. Chemtrails. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. For weekly floppies for this week. We didn't read any metal, Eric. Thank God. I would go throw myself into the hurricane. I, we could have. There's a bunch of it. Do you want, I, I think we're going to read that, uh, the book with, we the, should read the, something. The Joker with the three robins, whatever that is. I the, forget. the Batman who laughs. Yes, the Batman who yeah, laughs. We should, I we think should totally. We're going to read we that. Need to, one. We need to torture ourselves. I do, this, I do hate my own self. I need to give myself pain, so I'm going to read a comic book that I'm almost certainly going to hate. Uh, but that'll do it. We can move on to our next segment. It is time for checking in. Checking in is the part of the show where Eric and I talk about what we've been up to, aside from hurricanes, check in with nerdy things, etc. Eric, you got a Switch. I did get a Switch. What compelled you to buy? I was I was very surprised when I saw that. I was like, whoa, hmm? all right. I, mean, I like Nintendo games. I, I Hell, I still want a Wii U. I want to play Mario Galaxy again, too. I, I fucking love Nintendo games. Are you kidding me? No, I know that, but just out of the... It just... It's like, you, you didn't go like... I didn't, there was no, it was just suddenly, I bought a Switch. I'm like, oh, all right. I, I. Uh, what games do you have? I, I survived Hurricane Irma. So you bought yourself a video and game. And I was incredibly stressed out, and I thought I would do something nice for myself. <laughs> Living through this incredibly Puh. terrifying uh, situation. Nice for yourself. Where, yeah, where I literally thought that I was going to lose everything that I owned. So you have, a, you have video games. Um, only a couple. What you got? I, 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 um, I bought mine on Amazon where there are, there's a pretty fair supply. They're marked up, um, 50 or $60 or something, which is not great, but I, I don't know. I could have bought a $500 bundle from, uh, GameStop and got a bunch of shit that I don't need. Mm, you could have done that. They would happily do that for you. Yeah, but I, I, you know, pay a little premium and, get one on Amazon, and I had it in a couple of days. They shipped it two or three days early. I was playing after a couple of updates. I don't know if I got to play that night or if I played the next day, but I bought myself Mario Kart because there's not a lot of software available. You didn't get uh, uh, Mario XCOM? I am interested in uh, Mario versus Rabbids or whatever it's called. What Mario, Bobby calls Mario XCOM. Mario X Rabbids Kingdom yeah. Battle. 
is the yeah. full official title. And it does look pretty fun. I am I am interested. Um, I want to say that Mario Kart is exactly the same as your Mario Kart for it, the Wii U. It has. I think it's literally the same thing, maybe with some bonus content. I it, don't know. it does have extra. It has all the DLC plus a little. I think some a few extra things, but it is basically just a cleaned up, bigger version of the which. Mm-hmm. Not many people had Wii U's, so might as well re-release all yeah. that content again. And, I mean, I would be very happy if they did that, um, because I have wanted a Wii U, and for some reason I just wouldn't get myself one. Uh, but, like, you know, playing at your house, playing yours, like, I, all the games that you have, I, I hell, I want them. And... Um, I don't know. I I don't have any other modern consoles. Um, I don't really care about PlayStation exclusives as much as, you know, it might be nice to play Horizon Zero Dawn or things like that. Everything else I can get for my PC if I really want to. Most things I can. Uh, you're gonna it get, just you're seemed gonna get like Zelda? A, good, a good call. Do what? You're going to get Zelda? I'll consider it. I'm. It's not high on my list. I don't necessarily want something that I'm going to spend 150 hours in. And I, I, I say that, and the things that I think I've enjoyed the most are I have two demos for RPGs on the Switch, and I kind of I enjoy I do enjoy playing them on the television, but I I think I enjoy playing it in the portable mode even more at times because I can I mean I can play in bed I can take it on the go I can like play it on my break at work do the, whatever Mister you know? Mister Eric Z Goodnight talking about playing games on the go mm-hmm. I don't the world is shaken to its core hell has frozen it's true. over. I mean, I don't, I mean, all the shit that I said before, I don't really like carrying around another little piece of crap to play shit on. I mean, that's accurate. You know, I would prefer more and better content for my phones, but like, I don't know. It's a, it's a brilliant little device and it has a lot of potential. There's just not a lot of software for it. I have my eye on Splatoon too, because I want to, I want to see how it plays in, uh, Network mode, you know, mm-hmm. Nintendo Internet gaming mode, whatever the shit it's called. Yeah, Nintendo's great at the internet. Yeah, well, that is what it is. As long as you don't want to play with friends, it's fine. Mm-hmm. Well, they have that, I think, don't they? It, they do. It's not easy to do. You need to download a phone app to do it. Oh, nice. Yeah. Why would it, and then pay for it? No, I know that you got to pay for it, but do you have to? You have to pay for Xbox, don't you? Yeah, but I. I have like it's even it's even less. It's like twenty dollars for a fucking year of Nintendo. It's very cheap. I have messaging like things on my phone already. I don't need to pay Nintendo to do what my phone already does. No, I get that. That's what I'm saying. Xbox is self-contained, so is PlayStation. Like all the <laughs> networking, I don't have. There's no friend codes in Xbox or Sony. There, I just mm-hmm. friend someone, and then immediately, if I'm playing a game and they are too, we exchange invites and we play. You literally cannot network with a friend on your Switch unless you have an app installed on your phone. Which and which yeah, also, I mean, I I I get that. That's terrible, but that's and also okay. The connectivity for your of of the internet on your switch is disrupted by phone service sometimes. 
which is a crazy okay i crazy i I own one i have not noticed that well i mean again i don't know all it's it's nintendo they don't they're not i think a lot of it is their worry about children being exposed to Mm -hmm. bad people which no it's really true and there's like I don't remember if the Wii U had a browser, but the Switch 100% does not. There's there's no browser. Mm-mm. And it feels very empty inside the device. Have you... Because there's not a lot you can do. Are you going to get... This is a question. Because um, it, it would be the question for me if, if, if and when I get a Switch. Is mm-hmm. there's a lot of indie games mm-hmm. that I can get on my PC mm-hmm. that are also going to be on Switch. Would you mm-hmm. get them on Switch before you got them on PC? I mean, it really depends on what the game is. Um, if all, there are all things, um, be, all things being equal, you know, if performance is the same. Oh yeah, no. Um, I mean, in the indie games really are not going to perform too different. No, probably not. If it is a single player experience, I would probably get it for my PC unless it was one that I saw like you know, oh, okay, I I just kind of want to play this on the go, then I'd get it for the Switch, you know, because. I was I played a couple of RPG demos and it was very pleasant. Was it? Did Switch. you? I liked it. Was it Octopath? Huh? Octopath Traveler it was, was one of them. It's the worst name, Project Octopath Traveler. I yeah. really hope they up the, uh, update that title. It was really delightful. It looks really good. Um, it it really felt it it felt like playing Final Fantasy VI or Xenogears. Uh, what else did it make me think of? I mean, Final Fantasy VII, I mean, really that era of JRPGs. You know, it was a little dumb and heavy-handed, but, like, it's a JRPG. I'm okay with that, and I I don't know. Like, there's something appealing to that to get, like, Square Enix software like that on a portable system. I mean, that was the whole appeal for me of the the DS, Bravely Default is the people. There's Bra- the people who made Bravely Default uh, mm-hmm. apparently worked on Octopath Traveler, which looks like a very good game, and I never played it. Um, also, like you know, like it's a apart from being a um, a, a portable system. I mean, it's also like a living room system, right? And it does living room shit very well. And a big part of that is playing with friends. So, like, you know, like one of those dumb shooters where you can get four people. That's a good indie game to get for your Switch. You know, you get a couple of controllers and a couple of buddies and you play that. So that's kind of where my head's at is the games that are exclusive that will work really well in the portable mode. Couch or games. Couch well, co-ops huh? or couch competitive. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Mario Kart, God, it frustrates me so much, but it's a good, <laughs> it's a good example of that. Um, because it's great with friends. I get so pissed. I can't, God almighty. <laughs> I can't, like, I, it's, it's one thing to like lose to your friends and they're like trolling you and hitting you with shit. Like that's whatever. That's fine. But like losing to the, to, to the computer is that's prime Nintendo's cheating territory. I mean, it Mario Kart would not be Mario Kart if it did not have the rubber band AI. So mm-hmm. you're, that's you can play online, and then you don't have to worry about it. I guess that's true, and I I might do that, but I imagine I would just get the shit kicked out of me over and over by you know people really far away. <laughs> Probably. 
I don't, I don't, uh, I don't need to, I don't think I need to venture online. It's only for people that, uh, have no life outside of video games, I think. Um, or they're 12. Yeah, that's true. But I mean, that's definitely true for 12 year olds. What do 12 year olds have going on? But it's been a nice distraction. Uh, and when I'm not playing Mario Kart, it's been a good way to relieve stress. When you're not playing Mario Kart. God, it stresses me out. So, I mean, like, I, I usually feel fine afterwards, but, like, God, it makes me so damn mad. You know? You'll be, like, in first place for 90% mm-hmm. of the, like, every, like four races in a row, first place the whole way, and then you get blue shell tackled by three guys and then hit by, like, two guys with shells, and all of a sudden you're in sixth place. Like right at the end. The secret it is happened you gotta stay all in, the time. You gotta stay in second for I don't do that. <laughs> you gotta game. You ain't first or last. All right, Ricky Bobby. Don't don't you put that evil on me. <laughs> I I need to watch Talladega Nights again. It's a good damn movie. That's a I really like it a lot. It's so stupid. It oh, is I very, love it. It's very dumb. Yeah, it's great. Uh, well, anything aside from Switch? I mean, you want to talk about hurricanes? I don't necessarily need to talk more about hurricanes. Hurricanes. Uh, I went to a, a comic book convention. I heard about that today. I went today as the day we record this. Didn't did you? You went to Calgary though, didn't you? Yeah, that was already a ways back. Yep. Yeah, that was the second closest one to you. This one's actually in in Edmonton. Yeah. Yeah. It's off of Wayne Gretzky Boulevard. Of, of course it is. Fucking Canadians. <laughs> It's a miracle there's only one street in Edmonton named after Wayne Gretzky. It really should there I'm surprised there's not like a dozen that are just it's I'm surprised it's not like Georgia and Atlanta with peaches. Peach tree. There's peach like, trees. I'm surprised it's not like Wayne Gretzky Boulevard, Wayne Gretzky Avenue, Wayne Gretzky Street. I'm surprised it's mm-hmm. not there's it, that is not there. But uh, uh yeah, I went to the con last year, I went to the con this year. Uh it was it was good. It was enjoyable, it's fun. It's you know, relatively small. It's not tiny though. It, it's it's good enough size. It has a, a really good uh, artist alley, and uh, artist alley is pretty. After you get past all the celebrities, artist alley is basically front and center. So I really I like that because that is really the main my main you know the main thing I go to cons for. Just check out art and you know see any if there's any comic creators there that I want to talk to. Uh, I don't know. I got some stuff. I got an original. There's a, a a vendor who sell was selling original pages, like had whole runs of old Archie comics, whole runs of like he had a uh before Frank Frazetta started doing all his crazy you know fantasy pinups and all that when he he would uh, Frank Frazetta shadowed on comic strips you know uncredited at the time mm. and he had an entire original orig- like original huge layout of an old comic strip that Frank Frazetta did in the fifties. It was really incredible to see. It also was $1,800, so I did not buy that. Uh, I did get... <laughs> Friggin' quitter. <laughs> I did buy uh, a, a an original uh, Blondie comic uh, the, uh, for, like, 250 for my dad from the 50... It was, like, 59 It was. It's really pretty. All the stuff he had was really great. It was mostly old, you know, old comic strips and stuff from Archie Comics and old Sabrina you know, comics and a bunch of like, like whole runs of pages. It was really, he had a, uh, he actually had a sketchbook from Adam Hughes from like the late eighties that Adam Hughes sold off at one point. And it was, it was pretty neat to see that as well, but a lot of stuff that I wanted that I could not afford. Um, that's, uh, that's what you do. Yeah. I mean, there were probably millions of dollars of, uh, 
original art that I was I don't I didn't look through millions of dollars of it. I didn't have that kind of time when I was at Heroes, but there were definitely some art dealers toting gorgeous shit all over the country. Yeah. It's it's cool the stuff that exists. It's really wonderful. Uh, I mean, we just, you know, me and my wife just walked around and looked at, uh, you know, artists and went through a couple of the, they're really, maybe just as me, it just, there was a, seemed to be less of those general crap booths of, here's a lot of toys. You know, we don't, it's just, we're just a generic vendor. It seemed a lot more of unique people, like sell, stuff, selling stuff they made most. Uh, I don't know, maybe if I just have turned on the blinders for all that generic stuff. That I can get online, but I don't know. A lot of good artists. It's it, there's art, great art everywhere. It's really it's ridiculous. There's I have so we have so much art that we have not hung up on the wall. Mm. It's uh, we we try and be a little bit pickier, but I think that that's no, that's the situation that most people that actually buy art. That's the situation they're in. There's there's not a lot of wall space. Actually, if you have a lot of it, I would suggest uh, getting some uh, some portfolio books. Yeah, I thought about that. Keeping it in that so you can, at the very least, like I, I like flipping through it and saying, oh, yeah, I remember meeting this guy and, and this and this and this. Like it's, it's uh, you know, the it's a souvenir of meeting like a cool artist as much as a piece of decoration for me. Yeah, and I, I think a lot of it is we are still not settled down in any one spot, you know, and yeah. if, and, you know, if and when we do that, we'll be more likely to like hang everything we have and then decide, do we need more? Should we get more? Or, you know, cycle things in and out, put stuff up, up in the walls. You have never, you, my God, my parents are about to move and they have, my dad has so much framed stuff that it's going to have to get <laughs> moved around. But that's where, we're at i think but it's it was a good it's a good con it's fun it's you know i it's a it's a one day con i don't need to go three days but it's it's still good and enjoyable and it you know every place has a nerdy scene you know there's and there's like there are like four cons this weekend or something all over the country yeah that were kind i of really everywhere. want to i really want to go to thought bubble yeah i and as well yeah thought bubble too bunch of my a bunch of my bros are at uh, Baltimore yeah this weekend which somehow was not even on my radar I didn't realize it was a con that people went to but apparently like you know North Carolina and like people that do southern cons like it's not that far it's not that far right I I often in my mind I'm, I'm misplaced geographically where uh, Maryland is and it's not really that far away no uh, I've been I played Destiny too. You fun, like it? That's a fun video game. It's like you get a free PC. I I got it for PS. It's not out on PC yet. It's on PS4 only in Xbox. Okay. I got it for PS4. I will probably also buy it for PC <laughs> when it comes okay. out on PC. But it is I don't know. I, I it's like it's much closer to Borderlands now than it was. It is hmm. like it is a loot shooter like Borderlands. You know, you run around, you shoot monsters. You pick up guns. You go, is this better than my current gun? No. And then you get rid of it. If it, or, oh, it is better. I'm going to use this instead. Uh, it is, it is a lot closer to, even in the first Destiny was very self-serious. Very like, look at our science fiction. Look at our lore. 
this is all a serious, even though it was very messy and completely structured, structured very poorly. It was a very, it was a chore to play, like get around in Destiny 1. Destiny 2, they fixed all that stuff. They made it much easier to play, easier to get around in the world. It's, you know, it's that, that stuff's made, it's all breeze now, which makes the game even better. But also the writing style was a lot kind of less serious, a little bit more flippant, not, not as much as Borderlands is. Because Borderlands is completely ridiculous and is, makes no bones about it. But it reminded me of it a lot. And it is, it's like half as, it's not about like, it, like twice again. It's like half as serious as Destiny 1, but half as silly as Borderlands is. But it's, it, it, it plays like Halo. You know, it's this bung, it's bungees. They make, you know, really tight mechanically sound shooters. Uh, the classes are really neat. I, it's a, not, you know, it's a game you play with your friends. That's what a lot of people, like, it's best when you play with, like, a group. But, mm. it, you know, it's not gonna, like, or you listen to podcasts, or you have something on in a second screen. It's just, like, it's, like, a good relaxing time of just running around, shooting aliens in their head, watching their souls escape from their bodies. Which, one of, one of the alien races, every time you kill one, like, their little, a little spirit emerges from them. I hope it's, like, in, uh... I hope it's like in uh, Jesus Christ, uh, Asagi Yojimbo. It's a little bit like that. Good. <laughs> it's a little bit. Uh, it, I don't know. It's a fun game. It it's way better than I I beat it. The main mission. I got to level twenty. I haven't uh, gone on the raid yet because they don't have a group. Apparently, you can just match. They have matchmaking, so you can raid with randoms. But apparently, the raid is really hard. So I'm not gonna try and do that. Um, I presume I will have some PC people. That will be playing that game, so I can play with them probably when it's on PC, which is in like a month, I think, from now. So, along with all other video games in the whole world, are coming out next month. So, Shadow, the the new Shadow Mortar game, Mario, Assassin's Creed, the new Wolfenstein game, and Destiny Two on PC, all coming out next month. Cool. It's a lot of games. There's, it's always more games. It's nutty. It is. We should. Well, okay. I'll, I'll, I'm gonna do one more thing. I'm gonna check in one more thing. So I think it's, it's so, it's so good. I need to at least mention it. Uh, I've been doing, uh, Cannonball Read. You know what a Cannonball Read is, Eric? I have no idea. Uh, Cannonball Read is you read 52 books in 52 weeks and review them and write a review for each one. Hmm. So I've been, I, I have not, I don't read enough. And this is an effort of for, on me to read more. And, I've read, uh, it's a book that's been on my radar for years, and it's always a book I put off probably because of its length. It's a long book, but it, I finally read it. I tried to read it. I tried to listen to an audiobook of it, but it's a book that needs your attention 100% of it, and I, you would usually lose focus when I'm doing it while I'm doing something else and listening, but I finally just sat down and read it. It's The Amazing Adventures of Cavalier and Clay, uh, by, uh, Michael Chabon. It's not like it's unheralded. It won a Pulitzer, but it is an amazing book. I suggest everyone read it. It is, and I mean, it is about, you know, it is a fictionalized account of two comic book writers, creators, one artist, one writer of the 30s, 40s, and into the 50s. And the, the, like intertwining that with World War II, intertwining that with, uh, the Holocaust, intertwining it with culture of, of New York. There's so much going on in that book, but it is amazing. It is immediately one of my favorite books. And, and Joe Cavalier is immediately like one of my top 10 favorite fictional characters of all time. So if you haven't read the book, read it. It's so good. That's it. Okay. Okay. I've, I've blabbed enough, right?
we have we have blabbed a while. We have we well you know we're, like I said constipation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Gross. Gross. We can move on to our final segment. It is time for Nerbo Book Club. Nerbo Book Club is the part of show where Eric and I assign a longer collected work, discuss it in depth like you would a book club. Uh, this week we are discussing Nameless by Grant Morrison, Chris Burnham, Nathan Fairbairn on colors. Uh. I believe Grant Morrison's way to describe it, this book is his attempt at doing a non-Lovecraftian version of cosmic horror. It's still pretty fucking Lovecrafty. Yeah, I mean, I I think the very idea it, that is it seems like a very tough thing because the very idea of cosmic horror is so intertwined with not necessarily Lovecraft's style, but just his of the genre of cosmic mm-hmm. horror. It's kind of hard to disentangle them, but I you know I see I see the attempt. You know, there's no tentacle monsters in this. It is, it is, you know, all, a lot of the mythos and lore and the language in this is not Fanagan, <laughs> a lot of mm-hmm. sounds. It is, it is different, uh, you know, ideology and stuff like it's that. It's own weird language. Yeah. yeah. Um, this, uh, this book is really fucked up. Yeah, it is. It is fairly confusing. Yes, it is. And, uh, I think I like it. I like it a lot. Okay. I I'm not sure if I do. I like I think I like it. But What what don't you like about it? Let's start with that. I I don't I think I think I want it to be clearer. Yeah, cuz it's definitely not what it is. It's incredibly unclear. And like apparently in the collected edition of this we have because we have single issues on comicsology apparently in the collected edition of this there's an addendum that is literally morrison and burnham explaining what happens like page by page which yes. i don't want that i just want the comic book to make sense when i read it mm-hmm. i i have an interpretation of what happens i haven't read his ex- explanation and i don't really want to because it's missing the I, like again i don't want to it to be explained to me i want to be able to understand it without it being explained to me i kind of i i don't know i think i'm at the point where if i'm reading a story any kind a book a comic book i'm watching a movie a tv show i should know what's happening at least eventually you know if there's like a weird mystery or a weird way the story is structured you know if you do it out of out of time out of you know out of chronology or you layer time jumps in there or weird you know a a lot of this is specifically from my interpretation a lot of this stuff is all stuff happening in guy's head Mm -hmm. and it's and it's meant to mess with him and then us as a reader however yes i think at the end of the day i should not have to i should be able to know what's happening like jacob's ladder have you ever seen jacob's ladder i've had it recommended to me a lot i have never actually sat down and watched it yeah it's good it's worth watching uh, I don't think it's as good as a lot of people say it is, but I think it's very interesting. But and it, a lot of that movie is really fucked up, and you don't know what's happening, and eventually, but at the end, you go, "Oh, that's what it was," and that's and that that little realization is what makes it mean something. And in this, I don't know, I don't know what actually happened. I'm not sure what's real, and I don't like that. I still think I like this comic book. Mm-hmm. But I would prefer it just to, for Grant Morrison, just to go, here's the, here's what really is happening. 
even if yeah. it's even if it's subtle. Even he doesn't have to like spell it out for me, but give me some clues along the way to say this is real and this is stuff happening in this guy's head. Give me some sort of tell. Because I think ultimately it is more meaningful if we know the if the audience knows what's real and what's happening, at least at the end of the story. What do you what do you think is real in this, Eric? <laughs> I thought I knew and I'm looking back at the book and I, it's hard for me even to find the through line there. <laughs> That's the, that I, I think that he goes to the meeting, the round table meeting, mm-hmm. becomes possessed. Right. Everything else is some kind of manipulation or dream within a dream. Um, what is it here? But it looks like the who is it? Is it the daughter that's the the masked woman? I think so. It's hard for me to see how she's related to it. That's what confuses me. Well, I I don't. Yeah, I would say like, oh yeah, it's because. But I'm like, ah, I don't really know that. I'm kind of guessing at all of this. I I think it's her. She's all involved in all this because of the fact that she walks in and sees her sees him brutally murdering her father. Mm-hmm. And there, and she's, and he is. I read a thing online of someone of, which is also all conjecture, of someone going, "Oh, her guilt is being channeled into him and driving him insane." Her feeling of or anger or what his guilt, and it's all echoing back inside. Do, so, do you think that they go into space at all? Is that no? Is any of that, that happens. I I think that that's all um, some degree of imaginary. It's it's all like hallucinations or like it's some it's something that like the entities are like showing to them that it's all fiction. I like that's like that's the one way. And then there's I don't know if there's the other like I I think that's probably true. Mm-hmm. But I think I like the other interpretation more like mm-hmm. in as an idea of them going into this giant space, the, the asteroid that has God trapped inside of it. Yeah. And all these visions are coming after they go into this prison for God. Mm-hmm. And then... then Basically, going in there, like, all of, like, his reality is warped, and he's completely mad, and he can't tell what's real and what's not. Yeah. Okay. And I, I don't... The, I think either one's perfectly acceptable. It is. I just... And and the thing is, the I would lean. I, the only reason I would lean towards, like, I think <laughs> the reason I would actually lean towards that one being more true is because the book seems to lean the other way, and it seems mm-hmm. Morrison he likes to fuck with you. So it's just very much like, oh, I'm going to tell him this is probably what's happening. But then actually, and then the last few pages all show the moon having this, you know, showing the asteroid hit it. So I that the asteroid the asteroid still came to Earth, right? Or is that also didn't happen? I don't see that it happened. Because the last, I don't know, the last pages show all the, you know, Earth being in terrible shape and the moon getting hit by it. So the, it, it get hit, the moon gets hit by the asteroid oin in his, in his vision? I assume so. Okay. I think that all of the things that are happening are just basically from its influence. That it's just like, I don't know, that it's just so powerful it's affecting everything around it. That's distorting reality or whatever in the shit. So, so he goes into the room. He kills all those people. Gets possessed mm-hmm. by that the thing. Nameless gets possessed, and then every, does. But he says he sees the future. Did he really see the future, or is that just all visions? As I don't know. 
I don't know. Does it? How much does it matter? Because I kind of think that, and this is a total cop out. That the thing about this, mm-hmm. and the thing about like this whole genre is, it is it's about madness and things that are by their very nature so far beyond Human us cunt. as humans right. that like you know you look at you look at Cthulhu and you go insane because it is beyond completely beyond your comprehension and that's the idea of this so like it 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 doesn't matter if something's real or not or something it's a hallucination the whole thing is about like descent into madness and you don't know what's real and you don't know what's fake and ultimately it doesn't matter it's just some fucking ugly into the world shit i don't know like i just i just enjoy being along for the weird ride on this you know it's got a lot of fun crazy ideas and i think there's a lot of chris burnham art that i don't enjoy and i love the way this book looks it is really is a, it, it's really it really draws that the line like almost too gross for me at some mm-hmm. points where's parts that are too gross uh the dude getting his face ripped off with a hammer oh yeah that was that's fucking harsh i there's a bit i in the background of one scene i believe there is a man drink like pouring blood from a person's dis- decapitated head into his mouth oh yeah that's pretty early yeah that also not that's in one of the parts where it shows the the billionaire guy and the... he's on the comm and all those people are behind him and then it shows him on the drone mm-hmm. and it's like i don't know it's like when it's first starting to peer into like oh the, you know it, we're not really we're not reliably being shown what's really happening or whatever. Mm-hmm. I, I I mean I like I I I think I agree. I think this is my favorite Chris Burnham of what I've, I've mm-hmm. read of him. Uh, maybe it's just because it pushes him to do more. You know, I I think this has I don't know stretches him, pushes him as an artist. And when you're yeah. apparent, you know, you're working with Grant Morrison. I assume you want to, and it's not Batman, so he's not working within an established universe. You know, he doesn't have to esta- work within any established, you know, DC version of what a character looks like. He can make these weirdos look like whatever they, whatever they hit both him and Morrison want them to. It reminds me of Quietly and Nick Batara and Manhattan Projects, which are I obviously both good. It is, I don't, it, it does, it's so, it's very grotesque and it's, it, it, like, Maybe, I don't know, the, the other things that we've read are like the Junji Ito spiral and mm. from hell. I think those are the only other things that could rival this. And the, the gore, the sheer yeah. amount of gore and people being ripped in half and, you know, weird tendrils poking into things and like that. I, 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 I we were talking, you were talking about earlier, you know, about Redlands and about it looking like a a TV show and about what things only comics can do. And it feels more and more like Grant Morrison is really only interested in making comics like this that are nonlinear, that really couldn't be done in any other medium. I don't, I don't think you can make, you couldn't make a, like, I don't think you can make a movie out of it like this, um, out of this property that says the same thing or achieves the same thing. You think you could? 
Sorry, I was distracted by the comic. Ask me again. Do you think they could? You could adapt this into another medium. Success. You could do a thing that is different. You know, like non non linear storytelling can work pretty well in uh, in in a movie. Uh, Tarantino's done it very well. Uh, Memento. I can't think of any other movies that do it. That's like I feel very dated throwing those out there, but certainly it 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 works very well as a film. Uh, I don't know what else it would be. I feel like I would feel really cheated if this was a TV show and I had to watch hours and hours to get to this premise. I like it more succinct. I think this would make a a, a nice about hour-long movie. No, I think it could work just fine. I don't think it could. Why is that? Well, one, I think I think a movie that, that looked like this would... I, I, it would struggle to be, like, it would, I think it would be difficult to release a commercial film. Oh, yeah, no, I mean, I just mean conceivably, I don't mean like a commercially successful film. Okay. <laughs> I don't, I mean, could you sell this concept to a theater or a, 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 a movie production house and navigate the political minefield that's that and sell this? Fuck no. I I also think there are I think comic books excel in when you are in the way it delivers information all it you know all at once and you could like if, uh, there are certain pages in here you know that I I I don't I think it's issue five uh where or maybe issue six where they're just you get the tarot cards and there's mm-hmm. that, that sequence with tarot cards and multiple this juxtaposition of Basically, information and, and and iconography and symbols from the different versions of reality, depending on which one you think is real, if any of them are. And the way that those images are juxtaposed on the same page, and the way that those pages are sequenced, I you could I think you could probably communicate that same kind of idea with film, but it wouldn't. I don't think it would be the same. I don't think mm-hmm. it would be. It it wouldn't deliver the information the same way and i think fundamentally i I mean there i think there's good movies about cosmic horror and about you know inability of 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 man to comprehend these ideas bigger than himself but i don't think it would be communicated in the same way that this is you know i i think i think great morrison purposely constructs his comic books in a way now especially in ways that are purposefully obtuse because he can, it, it's, I don't know if it's, I, I, I think comic books that are structured like this work better in general than films that are structured like this. I, I think largely I am, cause usually, I don't know, I, I don't, I don't keep up with, I've lost track of modern film. I used to watch so many movies. Uh, <laughs> I think the answer was I was in college, so of course I did, but, I feel like most films that do are like, yeah, like you mentioned Tarantino. I think, you know, those are like very clear about the, the slips in time. If not clear, at least you, I mean, it's by the end of the movie, pretty much clear. You can understand, okay, that's, that wouldn't work unless it would happen before this other thing. But like, I think of like Memento or Irreversible, which both use, you know, weird, uh, time, you know, they're to- told backwards or, you know, t- mm-hmm. told in weird memory jumps to, to emulate, uh, yeah. emulate different things. They, they start out 
and you're kind of struggling to keep up where this starts out, the narrative feels very straightforward and then it becomes disrupted and it unwinds more and more as you get towards the end. It kind of does the exact opposite of what those do. Yeah. They, this is, uh, I don't know. I, I, uh, I saw it as the thing we still need to read. I think, uh, Pax Americana, mm-hmm. read all of it at once. And I, that is also like a, that is Grant Morrison doing the same kind of thing structurally, but in DC continuity with all the stuff he's written for DC and trying to do it that way. This is him. Like, is this, is this, is this saying that people, like, I, I don't know how to get any, what to get out of this at the end of the day, except, you know, there are these things that are bigger than us. Mm. That doesn't, that no matter how much we stretch, we can't comprehend. And humanity is awful. I don't see how humanity is awful from this. I, 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 I don't know. I, I got a lot from, it seems like Nameless is trying to defend humanity from, you know, philosophically with this big, this other thing. Mm. And he fails because he can't. And then mm-hmm. there's, you know, multiple pages of people like committing awful atrocities in mass, theoretically, because of the end of the world. End of the world is coming. I don't know if it was because the end of the world was coming. I thought it was the influence. Like, I I read that as it was from the influence of the the meteor, not because it was the end of the world. I I thought I, because go ahead. I thought it was because they even allude to that in the very beginning mm-hmm. where they're like, yeah, we have 30 days. And of course people are going to find out. And then when they do, there's going to be chaos and cults and sacrifice. Mm-hmm. So I thought, of course I don't, I, and, th- and these are the things I'm talking about when I, you know, I talk about the things I don't like. Those aren't essential to the idea of madness. Those things are essential to me understanding what's the, what the comic book is saying. Like, the delineation, the confusion between are these people on Earth being influenced by this asteroid? So are they're just they're normal, okay people, but because this crazy otherworldly thing is there, they can't they can't handle it. Or mm-hmm. is it just them going crazy because the world is ending and they can't? Is like the clarity in that I don't think disrupts the greater idea of there is madness and this book is spiraling out of control. That seems like a very fundamental of idea of like. Is the book talking about humanity at all? Because I saw a lot of people online talking about like that was very essential to the book is like humanity is bad kind of idea where we are, we barely hold on to what makes us like what is good about us. We can't hold on to that in catastrophe. Like multiple people I saw online critics talking about that. And I don't know. And I think that's important. That's you the should... thing that's so stupid though is like that's. I mean, certainly people are problematic, but, like, that really is not the case. No, I mean, and I... Like, at all. No, I agree. I think that very idea, like, of any book, like, pushing people are bad and we are mm-hmm. bad, I it's very tiresome. And it's lazy. Like, it's not... There's plenty of good people who do good things all the time. Uh, and I don't... And that's why, I, you know, like, I felt like it was part of... I Like, I don't know. I don't know if it is. It felt like it to me that it was pushing that at times. And or and even if it's not like, oh, they were just acting by themselves, even if it is like, oh, just this greater thing makes them go crazy and kill each other. Like it's basically humanity can't control themselves when exposed to anything. We are so small and weak and pointless. And I don't find that that exciting a statement. 
you know, I, 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 I think I appreciate this book because of Grant Morrison's, you know, willingness to stretch the, the, what the, the comic book can do and is so willing to do that and is not afraid of just, Hey, I'm Grant Morrison. I could basically make any comic book appear because I'm Grant Morrison. You know, anyone, someone will publish my comic book. So I do this thing and I appreciate that. And I, and I like Cosmic Horror. I just want, I, I want to know what the book is saying. I want the theme, the, the ideas in it to be concise. And I don't, I think you can explore madness and still, still at least say exactly what you're saying without. I feel like I'm, I'm perfectly satisfied with just being shown a weird narrative and a messy ending. Right. Do you, uh, and it's just, I mean, it's just a fucking crazy thing. I was going to ask you. And uh, I, I like it for that. I was going to ask you that because that was, it may, it reminded me of Jodorowsky comics. Yes. It reminded no, I, me. I think you can, you can draw a direct comparison to his work. This, it feels absolutely like Jodorowsky, Morrison channeling him and a couple other people to, to make this thing. Absolutely. Which, and that's always a thing that works for me, because I, I mean, I like that nutter. <laughs> Did I, I, I don't think I told you this. We were driving through town and we saw a restaurant that was called El Topo. Oh, nice. And I don't think they, rec- they don't think they realized that was, that if, what I don't think they knew about the film. Hmm. So they, they think that was incidental. El Topo is weird. I've never watched it. It's really weird. It's a Jurassic. I wonder movie. if I wonder if I'd even like it. You, I mean, you like this. The, the here's the thing. Like I can appreciate. Like I can't appreciate cinematography the way that I can appreciate comic art. And I can read a comic in 15 minutes. I don't want to watch a boring ass, pointless movie for three hours. I wouldn't call El Topo boring. Okay. I don't like it, but it's not boring. <laughs> It, things are happening. I kind of feel like my, uh, I kind of feel like my my bar for movies are different. Like you can you can show me, you can show me a weird comic. I would never want. I would never want to see. I would never want to see like a uh, uh, Mad Woman of the Sacred Heart movie. Would have zero interest in that. You know. Maybe a Meta Barons miniseries I would watch. The Meta Barons is just so fucking nuts. And I think that there would be... I mean, it would it would be fun to see, like, the action scenes in that. I'm... I'm uh, of all things, I think I am kind of surprised that someone hasn't tried to do that yet. The Meta Barons. I think it's unsellable is the problem. <laughs> I, mean, you, I mean, I don't think you would do it as is. You would sand down a lot of the weirder edges on it, but... There's a lot of do a Game of Thrones style yeah, series. Exactly. That's what everyone wants. It is. I mean, I think that's the reason I'm surprised because it has a lot of things similar. Like it has like those, you know, bloodlines and, you know, these really force of will characters that you slowly empathize with, even though they're kind of crazy weirdos. You know, I, I think if you sand into the edges of Meta Barons, it would actually probably be a very, it, compelling television show mm-hmm. uh, yeah i mean i do think you could take a lot of the core of what's there and make a much better narrative out of it 
Jodorowsky never lacked for ideas. Just <laughs> he's an undisciplined drug addict or something. I don't know. I, I, I would, would you, who would you suggest nameless to? Oh, good lord! Um, crazy fuckers that I suggest Jodorowsky to, because that—that's. I mean, probably Lovecraft fans as well. Grant Morrison fans. I mean, I think it it plays well with all those audiences. You know, if someone's like, "Oh man, Animal Man sure was weird. I liked all the weird shit in that." I'm like, "Well, have you seen this weird shit?" Fans, so weirdos, basically. Oh God, I mean, don't you know a lot of weirdos? I know you. Yeah. I think that's. I, I don't know. I can't recommend this to anyone. It is, it, it's just so gross. It's so gory. Like, I wouldn't, I can't, like, it, it's so narr, it's so narratively obtuse and so purposefully obtuse that I couldn't just go to, do you like a good comic? Here, read this. I have to go, I, I, I have to put a lot of disclaimers on the way and say, it's really gory and it's really gross and it doesn't always make sense. And it's not really too concerned about letting you know what's going on. Yeah. But I mean, those are the, also the reasons why I would suggest it. Like, all those reasons are what makes it unique. Because there's nothing else like this. Especially coming out in the year 2017. Or 2016, 2015. Like, there's not a lot of people putting out comics like this. You know, I, I, I think it uses the medium more than most comics do. And I always can applaud that. You know, there's, like we were talking about earlier, there's plenty of comics that look like they could be TV shows. This one is actively trying not to be. (laughs) It seems very much like, no, don't even think about it. This is too hard. It's not worth it. Anything else you want to talk about about it, Eric? Anything popping out? No. That was a a good, fair amount of discussion. About eye monsters? Some eye monsters in this. Definitely some eye monsters. Ugh. No, thank you. I don't want any. I don't want any eye monsters on me. Keep them guys away from me. Eric wants eye monsters. Mm-hmm. He's like, okay with them. He likes eye monsters. I mean, you, you beholders—they're eye monsters, aren't they? I think that's true. I think I would classify a beholder as an eye monster. I would say pretty accurate. Also, a cake, a Keiko demon from Doom. I also an eye monster, although it has a mouth too—big mouth—but I still think it's an eye monster. Is one giant eye? Mm-hmm. Is a Cyclops an eye monster? Yes. Is Scott Summers an eye monster? Hmm. I don't think he's a monster. So he's an he's eye. He's scum, he... though. <laughs> he's also dead. For now. Yeah, that'll for, stick. For now. <laughs> I mean, the Phoenix is coming back. Jean Grey is officially coming back in December. <laughs> we didn't talk. We didn't mention that, but that has been solicited. Jean Grey is coming back, so yeah. I don't think Scott. Scott can't be that far behind her, right? I mean, there mm-hmm. is young young Scott's around. Kid He'll Cy- follow her anywhere. Kid Cyclops. That'll do it for Nameless. Wrap us up. Next week in Nerd Book Club, we are going to be just beginning reading New Mutants, Volumes 1 through 4 in the, the, the New Mutants. Let me get the official name here. Classic. New Mutants Classic, Volumes 1 through 4. Uh, you know, Cur- Chris Claremont uh, with Bob McLeod, Sabi Sema, and then uh, who I'm most interested in is uh, Bill Sienkiewicz's 
work on that book, which was very, it's very strange and very different from what X-Men was. New Mutants was running parallel to X-Men, but was a very different book, and I'm really excited to read it and discuss it, and we'll do that next week. First four volumes. I think that'll do it for us. We are the Handsome Boys Comics Hour. You can find us at handsomeboyscomicshour.com. Links to everything there. To our Facebook, facebook.com slash handsomeboyscomicshour. Twitter at hbcr. You can email us at handsomeboyscomics at gmail.com. Uh, reach out, like us, follow us, all those good things. If you are a fan of the show, please take some time. Give us a review on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher or Google Play Music, wherever you listen to us. Subscribe, give us five stars, tell your friends. All those things add up and uh, help new people find the show. We really appreciate it. Uh, you can find me online at Mixmaster. No, I'm not Mixmaster Serial anymore. I'm at Robbie Dorman. I should know that by now. I'm an you idiot. You should. It's, it's not been a like while. It's only, we only do this. Eric, where can they find you and your things online? Well, you can uh, see my portfolio by going to freewillunlimited.com. You can see most of the other things I get up to online by going to ericzgoodnight.com. That includes my Instagram and my Twitter, both of which I'm known as Easy Goodnight. With that, we'll call it a day. Have a good one. Rock and roll.